When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. He is a proud LSU Tiger. Uh, he's the co-host of the draft show. He He's your stop. best friend and mine. He's Just Brian Broaddus. Right Brian, now. how's it going? Just stop, Bobby. Yes, you, you know what you're doing. You're trolling me on all this stuff. I have I'm to have. Not. Yeah, you are. I mean, I, I'm listing your credits. I'm, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing great, Bobby. Thank you very much. And again, thank you for the nice introduction. And uh, welcome to anybody out there that's picking us up new uh, on your various uh, platforms. We really appreciate you hanging out with us uh, as we do the love of the star for you for another episode absolutely and as i've uh, as i told you guys in the last episode i'm going to remind you on each one we've got the facebook page now so if you just look yeah. up love of the star on facebook then we'll be posting clips there and interacting with you guys there you guys can dm us questions whatever else you want to do just one of the other avenues that uh you can access us outside of the twitter uh profiles that if you're watching let on me, youtube right now you can see let, right there let me ask you something bobby uh yep. for the people that want to do the facebook stuff i think somebody sent a tweet to me today not mm-hmm. I think I know they did, and they asked me about the link for it or something like that. Are we we're up we're up good running and all that stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, we're all good yeah, to go. I'll just so, yeah, some people just would rather have a link to click on rather than go look it up. So That's, I'll just send okay. you the link, Brian, and then you can tweet it. I appreciate that. Boom, be, be great. But thank you, mm. thank you very much. Yes, and then and then what you can do is you can click on that link and you can get this very preview of the Carolina Panthers, who the Cowboys take on this weekend, a bad yeah. Carolina Panthers football team. Not as bad as the Giants, though. Not as bad as the Giants, though. Not as bad as the Giants. The Giants no. are the worst team in football right now. I don't think yeah. that's particularly close. Yep. Um, you know, uh, here's what I was thinking. Before we dive into uh, both sides of the ball, we'll spend one segment talking about the offense, one about the defense for the Panthers and, and how they might be able to challenge the Cowboys. Before we go into the specifics of it, Brian, I, I'm curious after watching it, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Who, when you watched them on tape, did you feel like, oh, they have some ways to challenge Dallas a little bit, it was more of a threat? Carolina or when we watched Arizona several weeks back? I felt like that's a – man, I'm, you know when you always say, oh, that's a really good question because you're trying to buy yourself time to think. Sure. But honestly, that's a really good question. I like what, I like what Arizona does scheme-wise – with their offense. I like pin and pull. I like route combinations. I like blocking tight ends. I like mobile quarterback. Um, It seemed to me that when you watched Arizona play, that they, they really had it together at the time. And I know it was very early in the year, but there were a couple of games when they were still they were still playing at a very high level. They lost the Giants and 
here I'm saying the Giants are the worst team, but at the time the Giants really weren't starting their slide yet. I just liked scheme-wise what Arizona was doing as opposed to what Carolina does. And I'll say this, and and like I said, we'll get into the specifics. And you're here. talking about players, but are you asking me about just in players? general? Which team, like when you watched them, did you think, oh, they can challenge they got veterans Dallas in these yeah, ways? Yeah, they absolutely. They got veteran offensively. They got veteran receivers. You know, Adam yeah. Thiel, Adam Thielen still is capable of making plays. He, can't, I would say, I would say it's not even just capable of making plays. I think he's playing better right now than he has in recent years. Like I, I think he's, I think he's been good. Yeah, and you know we'll see with DJ Chark what what that whole situation can lead to. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, when we were doing the draft show, uh, I know we talked about him at Ole Miss, six yep. one, two hundred twenty pounds, big guy. You know, the the I feel like though that both teams had kind of skill at running back. I, I Chuba Hubbard to me runs the ball hard. They just don't go anywhere running the ball. That's the I'll, problem. I'll yeah. say this. When I watched these two teams, when I watched Arizona, because I remember we talked about at the time, there were things Arizona could do that were were kind of impressive. And and Josh Dobbs is yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, I remember we, we liked Dobbs when we watched the tape leading up to the game. We're like, hey, you know what? That, this guy can throw the ball a little bit. It's not right. he's he's not some pushover. I'll say this is that Carolina, as bad as they are, they're not a great football team. No. I don't know that outside of the offensive line, there's anything that what I saw stood out as like, oh my gosh, this is just an awful spot on their team. Like, like they're just, they're not great is the thing. They're just not, they, they, they don't excel at anything, but they're not just awful from what their, I saw. Their quarterback is really struggling. Their quarterback's right. young and he's, he's he, I mean, he's, he is young. He is Bryce young, but yeah, he, I, I mean, when you watch, when you watch them on tape, their offensive line struggles, but see, I thought with Arizona, Arizona had ways they could beat you, but I felt like, man, their secondary is awful. Like, right. like, I feel like, so I just was watching that and I was trying to compare him because obviously we're trying to talk about ways this week. Last week, I didn't think it was even possible that no, the Giants could beat no, you. There's this no week, way. I still don't think it's likely, but like the Panthers could do some things, I guess, that could challenge you. So I was watching the Houston game. Watch the Houston game. Yeah. And that will get me to me. And I said this uh, on our last podcast. Houston reminds me very much of our, our 1992 Packer team that, that mm-hmm. started with Brett Farr, basically a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, a lot of young guys, some veteran mixed in there as well. Uh, you know, we didn't have Reggie White at the time, but you know, we were we were battling every week. Houston's that team, and and you know, I mean, heck, Carolina moved the ball on Seattle too. If you look at at that game as well, so there's a couple of games where you kind of feel like Carolina to me. There's some they've had some kind of some bad losses, but I think a lot of it has to do. Unfortunately, with their offensive line, which is not helping their quarterback at all. I mean, yeah. and that's and that's a veteran group. That's a veteran group. But I'm yeah. kind of thinking like, okay, well, hey, Micah Parsons didn't have any uh, stats last week. Well, he's going up against Taylor Morton this week, you know, and you know, Moten. And yeah, Mo- Taylor Moten, Moten. Taylor Moten, mm-hmm. and you know, and here we go, you know, and that that's that's kind of where. Uh, you know, uh, oh, let's see what happened. Oh, Bradley Bozeman, the center. Oh, he doesn't look like he can handle power very much, very well. If you watch the Indianapolis Colts game and watch how he gets pushed uh, by their defensive tackles, it's that offensive line, with the exception too of of like Chandler Zavala. He's the rookie, but that's a veteran offensive line. 
Yeah, and, 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 and it's not as bad of an offensive line as what the Cowboys played against last week in some spots. No, you know? yeah, it, it, like like I think when you watch their their offensive line, I think Iki Aquanu and Taylor Moten, I think they they do okay. Like I, I don't think they're black holes when I watch them. I do think the interior I has Okwanwu, some issues. I thought Aquanu was going to be this next level type of player coming out of North Carolina state. It's to, and it's year two. He played really well against Chicago. I thought personally yeah. what I saw on tape. Now it, he hasn't Moten, been like that all Moten, year, but it's Moten, the one that has the problem. And, and you're saying at the guard spot, you think Corbett and those guys are not very I, good. I, I, I think, I don't think Corbett is as bad. They've, so they've had some problems. Corbett's missed some time this year due yeah. to injury. Calvin Throckmorton had started at right guard earlier in the year while Corbett was coming back. Then he moved over to left guard when uh, Corbett returned to the lineup. Uh, after a, a bad performance against the Bears from Throckmorton, he was released this weekend. So he right. is gone. They've got a hole at left guard now. And so the discussion there, Brian, has been Chandler Zavala could start yeah. there, who you mentioned, Cade Mays, the old yeah. Georgia, Tennessee interior guy, actually a guy who played yeah. tackle, guard, center, everything. There was one thing that was interesting to me that I saw being speculated in the Carolina circles this week, Brian, was that Bradley Bozeman, who is has been their center now for two years, played uh, center the last three years total going back to Baltimore. Baltimore there was yeah. talk he could move to guard this week, that he could become their left guard and they would play Mays at center, who Mays played some center at Tennessee to close out his career. So that maybe they would think, ah, Cade Mays has played some at guard this year, but let's try maybe putting him at center, Bozeman at guard. If it's not that, then it would probably Bozeman at center, Zavala at left guard. But they've definitely had some turmoil and some turnover yeah. on the interior there. Uh, and so this is an offensive line that I think can, they can take advantage of, even though it's yeah. not as bad as the one with the Giants. And I think that it's one where I, I think this is a big part of Bryce Young's issues is right. that Bryce Bryce Young is well, yeah, I, ahead, I think yeah. that he it's just, it's just he's not able to find the comfort level that that he would like to um, and it's because of that offensive line and we'll get into Young specifically here in a sec but Brian just your thoughts in general along the offensive line because to me I look at it and I go all right let's attack these a gaps let's do whatever we can I, I think I think the a gaps and I think Moat and I think they're all fair game in this one. I, I really, really do. I think they're going to, I think they're going to have problems with the Dallas front. I think, I think the front was going is going to give them problems. Um, and then we're going to talk about Bryce Young, Daniel Jeremiah, who is on the NFL Network, does a great job moving the sticks. The podcast, it's a, it's a really, really him and Bucky Brooks, former NFL th- scouts. Those guys, uh, yeah, both those guys are scouts. I, I thought that Daniel Jeremiah described uh, the quarterback perfectly. There's 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 NFL open and there's college open. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Young is dealing with trying to figure out what NFL open is. And he's he's holding the ball much too long for for what they need to do. That so that's the thing is that the the guys are are obviously allowing some pressure right now. Bryce Young is it's funny that I had talked before the season on Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan. We had talked about kind of projecting out guys like Anthony Richardson, Stroud. Right. And I had said, I think Stroud could be better down the road. I thought Stroud had the chance to be the better quarterback. Richardson had the chance to be the better quarterback. Yeah. But I said, well, here's one thing I feel really confident in rookie year. Bryce Young is going to be better than them because Bryce Young is the most pro ready. He's coming polished. from Alabama. He's yeah. polished. Yeah. That's a big thing for him. And it's interesting, Brian. I don't know about you. When I was watching this tape, watching Bryce Young, he does not trust what he's looking at. Not at all. That's the biggest not thing I noticed is all. that he's got talent. He's got accuracy. But, man, he just 
you see him kind of double clutch. He just, he doesn't feel confident in what he's seen. And I think the yeah. Cowboys are going to be able to, the Cowboys in the secondary are going to be able to take serious advantage of that. No, I think you're absolutely right. That's where, when you look at, uh, when you look at, I, I mean, especially watching the, uh, the, the Colts tape and, you know, you could see like he was, he was trying to look down the field then there started to become muddy in front of him. His eyes went down, and then he tried mm-hmm. to go back up to find yep. what was going on. So he he really, really doesn't trust right now what he's seeing. Uh, I think Daniel made a really good point about the the pro open, NFL open, and the college open. There's a big difference. You know, when you're playing against uh when you're playing against NFL secondaries, you have to trust it. You could throw the ball. That's the one thing. When you watch Houston play Carolina, I was watching Carolina's defense against Houston. That's the one thing that that guy down in Houston has going for him. He's he's throwing the ball in between guys. Like he's hitting Noah Brown on a deep slant, you know, a deep crossing route. You know, and all of a sudden he's firing it in between. And I I think when when one of the – we've watched Bryce Young – Doing, he's one of the most decorated quarterbacks in college football history. I mean, he is a he is what he is. I mean, he's a he's an outstanding player. He's super accurate in college, and I don't find that accuracy so much in the NFL game for him right now. And but, a lot of I it think, is because he's throwing off that back foot. That's the thing. the 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 mechanics don't look great. Not at all. the The eyes are not great. He's not trusting what he's seeing, and I think that's affecting his accuracy. I think it's the trust in what he's seeing. I still think he has the touch on his like. Yeah. Like I think he's got the touch to be able to be accurate. I think it's just he is really adjusting to the. What's the one thing we hear from guys coming out of college when they talk about like we say, "Hey, what's the uh, the biggest jump from college to the pros? What was the most difficult thing for you to adjust to?" And almost universally, they say it's so fast. Yeah. They are all so fast and it's so much faster yeah. than anything they saw. And I think Bryce Young has had a big problem with that adjustment with speed. But the one guy that we mentioned a little bit earlier that he's really able to lean on right now is Adam Thielen. Uh, yeah. Adam Thielen has been a guy that has, has really turned back the clock and, and played really well and given him. I mean, if you're being honest, if you were to hand pick a receiver across the NFL is like, hey, this is the perfect guy for you to match up with as a young quarterback and Absolutely. have some trust in, you don't get very long down the list before you say it'd be a guy like Thielen. Adam and so Thielen, I, yeah. I think that that's big. You could trust him because he's made a career of making tough plays. He's a bad ball catcher. He is a, he's tough when he has men on his back. He could go take a, get the ball. He can go take a hit. You know, he's not going to run out of sight. But he's crafty enough for how, you know, crafty is a nice word for a guy that has no more speed or quickness to his game, but still finds ways to get open. And that's what yeah. Adam Thielen has been able to do. I'll tell you another one. I'm surprised that Hayden Hurst hasn't shown up more because Hayden Hurst, the tight end, he was a, when Joe Burrow was first starting out, Hayden Hurst was a guy that he would, Joe Burrow would go at Hayden Hurst. You know, and he's not having the type of like that. He's not helping the quarterback like he helped a he's, young Joe Burrow. He's, he's not doing what, for instance, we talk about Houston. He's not yeah. doing what Dalton Schultz has been doing yeah, for CJ Stroud. Like, hey, right. here's a reliable chain mover. I'll be in the I'll right tell you spot what, for you. Another thing about that CJ Stroud, if you only had one game to evaluate him on when mm-hmm. during his career. You watch that Georgia game in the playoffs. 
It's an where, NFL defense. Where he's going up against an NFL defense and he's got NFL wide receivers playing outside for him. You know, he's throwing that rock around. Like he's got skill guys. They got a defense. They're coming after him and he's lighting them up. Yeah. That's that's all you if you could just watch one tape of him play, you would take him, you would take him first overall. You know, there's I mean, you could watch the you could watch the uh the the tape with Bryce Young against Texas. And you know, and that was a tough game down there in Austin. That was a tough tough game. But the way that he was able to avoid, manipulate the pocket, run, there's so much smoothness to his game. But right now, he is just really struggling. And I'm not going to say it's not a confidence thing, but I don't think he's really trusting where he's, what he's looking at. Yeah, I think it's, it's really difficult for him right now. I still think Bryce Young is going to be a good player. I'm surprised at how mu- I, I'm, I'm surprised at how much he's he's been thrown off by things. But look, he's made some nice throws out there. Yeah, he's he's going to lean on Thielen. They'll be able to you know have that. At, going for them in this game. They've got Mingo, like you said. Now, Hurst, Hurst is dealing with a concussion. He could be right. out in this game. Absolutely, uh, he's been yeah. on the injury report all no, week. Yeah, yeah, That's worthy of note. Uh, you know, obviously, the running back, we talk about Chuba Hubbard. Miles Sanders went there, but but Sanders has, has it, not it, been great. One of he's been benched, essentially. Yeah. The thing, about, the thing about Chuba Hubbard is you watch him play. When he does have opportunity, he will run over people. He, mm-hmm. he is a powerful guy when it comes to – you hand him the ball. He's going to play downhill. Very, he's going to play with some violence to his game. They just don't have a lot of room. When you know you look at how you look at how they you know move the ball running in the running game. It's it's really you know it's less than four yards of carry for these guys. Yeah, it it's not efficient. It has not been not efficient at all. at all. Not at all. No, and and the the offensive line obviously hasn't helped some of that. No, nope. um, but Hubbard and, and Sanders they have not been great. Now Hubbard's been better than Sanders. Sanders, like I said, he's, he's yeah, found Sanders, himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanders essentially found himself third on the depth chart now at this yeah. point. So I, I don't know that this is a team that's going to be able to threaten the Cowboys with the running game. The Cowboys are going to be able to generate some pressure. Brian, before we go over the defensive side of the ball for the Panthers, what is the biggest way that the Panthers can threaten the Cowboys with their offense? Is it just the Bryce Young, Adam Thielen connection? Get, get some stuff going in the slot for Thielen? Yeah, I think though, Bobby, maybe that we could see, um, maybe you could start to see some Bryce Young. Maybe, you know, they run the pistol formation quite a bit and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe you could see. Some and they do arp- some stuff. They do some stuff like put Thielen in the backfield. They've done yeah. that. They did that yeah. on a fourth down last week, I think. And yeah, Frank I, Reich is taking the play calling back for Carolina. Yeah, the, the, and there's and then you know the 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 coordinator there is is kind of like yeah you know well you know uh, Thomas Brown I think is his name yep. the coach there he's kind of like you know hey I, you got to just expect anything you know I mean, it's yeah. it's it is what it is and yeah there there's some there's some issues there i'm sure that ownership is not too happy with the way things are going right now and yeah you see the it was a nice win against the texans my gosh you got fortunate with that one but still i think that they're probably looking at this feeling like that they should be much further along than they are with their with their team and they're really really not but uh i i think you have to expect i think you have to really expect the unexpected i know that's cliche to say and and all that but you know, it comes down it, to who wants it the most, Brian. Well, yeah, any given it's, it's Sunday, not, you're going to give me all those. No, but I'm just saying, though, like I thought last week the Giants were going to turn that game into kind of a college offense game, you know, with the, the RPOs and the things like that. Bryce Young yeah. can do that stuff. Sure. You fake, you fake, you throw the quick screen, you, you, you fake or you hand it off or you pull it and run. 
you know, there's things that Bryce Young can do if you want to try to uh, if you want to try and manipulate uh, the Cowboys offensively. If you just want to drop back and throw the ball, <laughs> then you know, good luck with that. Your offensive line won't, won't hold up for that. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Brian, I found whenever I do that transition that that's that's one of the things I'm unable to say. That yeah. I, I stumble on or wherever you get your podcast. Or wherever you get your podcast. But man. you do a good job. At it. I listen. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that always goes back and listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm totally disappointed with how I act on it sometimes. But but you're <laughs> such a pro to handle this. Nah, you really, really nah. are, do, do a good job. No, nah, not at all. Uh, now, Brian, let's take a look at this uh, defense. Speaking of not handling things well at all, uh, the, this Carolina <laughs> this is defense. Weird. This is a weird this, defense. And, and it's... Can I, <sighs> It's, it's very it, odd in a number of ways. I'm interested to hear yeah. why you think it's odd, because I think it's odd for a few different reasons. It's odd because nobody throws drop back passes against them. And and I don't know if it's because they're not that good playing the run. They're like one of those teams that you can run the ball on them on the edge. If you look at metrics, metrics will tell you that they're the 30th best team in the league when it comes to defending edge run. What did we see mm-hmm. last week from the Cowboys? A little bit more of the outside stuff. A little bit yep. trying to get the ball on the edge. You know, you're going to see some toss. Yeah, I think I think counters are going to be a real good place with against this. Because to me, when I watch when I watch the Panthers play, I, I Derek Brown's a good player. He he really he really he's really a good player. I kind of compare that to what you had to deal with with Dexter Lawrence last week. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of that big, powerful guy that poor man's of, Dexter Lawrence, not quite Dexter Lawrence, but, 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 but the same style. type of yeah. same, the same big body guy that's hard to move. That's yep. really their best player down there. Now, you know, Brian Burns is placed as an outside linebacker, but I can't, it's funny, this team, they're, they're ninth in the best here. I'm throwing a lot of metrics at you again, but I, I'm kind of digging this stuff now. They're, they're like 24th in the league in yards per carry. They're ninth in the league in, in the number of runs that they face. So they face mm-hmm. a lot of runs. They give up almost, they give up over 4.3 yards a carry. You know, that's another problem. You can attack them on the edge. That's another problem that they're running into. So, you know, it's, it's one of those teams that you, I think, some misdirections, some counters. Get them going one way. They're one of those teams that, like the Cowboys used to play. Remember the Cowboys used to like when they would like angle, like they take their line and they would kind of step and go like one way, and then they would fill on the backside with a a, a safety or something. They're they're trying to cover all the gaps and they can't cover all the gaps. They're yeah. struggling to cover all the gaps. So I'm kind of feeling like the Cowboys could come out and try and run the football and have some success doing that, and maybe that will. Uh, help them allow them some of the, but I could see some waggles, some boots, get everybody moving one way, take it back the other way. But they get a couple of guys back this week. You know, if you look at, like I say, Brian Burns missed the Chicago game with a concussion. 
he's available. Yeah, and then and then when and then with uh, Horn with Jason Horn, Horn. Horn is Horn is not a certainty yet. Apparently, that that's one where they he's trending the right way, but that that's one that Burns is playing. They basically said yeah. Burns is back, so well, Burns but, is in. But, but Horn, Horn practiced full yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, no, he was not full. He's been limited this whole week. So, so I thought he was. I'm sorry, I thought he was full. No, Horn has been limited both okay. days. Okay, when, and so he's somebody who. I think Horn, the way they were talking, is trending towards the right way, but they they didn't sound certain about him. What about they Henderson? What about C.J. Henderson then? So Henderson did not He's practice on Thursday. He okay. was limited yesterday. He did not yeah. practice on Thursday. They've got some injuries here. Uh, Xavier Woods, our, yeah. our old buddy at safety, yeah. he was limited this week. Um, you know, you've got, like you mentioned, uh, C.J. Henderson. Marquise Haynes, who they just got back, he was limited this week. Uh, Brian Burns has been a full participant. But look, they've also lost a couple of their, their pass rushers uh, this yeah. year. You know, they lost Yutur Gross Matos, who by the yeah. it's stunning to me to realize he's in year four now, Brian. Penn Feels State, like, right? Yeah, I thought he was like year two. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, these are going by too fast. But Gross Matos, he's on injured reserve right now. He is not eligible to come back. I don't think until next week. Right. Uh, Justin Houston, uh, the, the veteran edge rusher, he's been put on there. I don't think they are necessarily awful though with the guys they have they've got no. burns dj johnson amari barno you know they, they've got some guys who are who are okay um but what's interesting brian about this team when you look at them this is a three four defense but it's one of those kind of it's still like a four-man front it's like three and then one of oh, them no, standing yeah. up right but i mean it's essentially you've got you've got four linemen there it's just one of them standing up it's it's a three four but really it's still four guys on the but line they have there. to blitz to get pressure but see, Metric, and that's the interesting. Metrics the will tell you. Me, the blitz rate you. is the blitz rate is one of the highest, the highest in the NFL, in the, yeah. and their pressure rate is still is one, of, one the, of the lowest. lowest. Yeah, you can yeah. you can block up their six guys that are come that are yeah. you know coming at you. So that's the interesting thing about this defense. Like we were talking about when you know we say there are interesting things about them. That's one of the interesting things to me is that they will blitz. They're willing to do it, and they still don't First get down. guys home. First, yeah, down. and they they still don't get you, guys home though. No, you look at you look at the way that they play. Uh, there and, and another thing we need to keep an eye on, Bobby. Teams that they've played that have really quality receivers, mm-hmm. and I and they've played Miami, they've played Seattle, and they played Detroit. Yep, like ninety ninety six percent zone against Miami, ninety two percent zone against Seattle. 83% zone against Detroit. They have to be nervous about Dallas's receivers. They yeah. have to be in this game. Especially I, and, the way Dak does against the Blitz. Yeah. And so to me, I could see them, you know, but but Dak's done a good job against zone coverages too. Yeah. You know, they he's he's kind of figured some, you know, these receivers do a good job. They move them around, they get it, they find space, sit down, boom, throw them the ball. But yeah, if 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 Carolina is going to blitz and and they're they're the most uh, forty I think it was forty three percent of the time they blitz on first down the highest uh, of all the downs that's the one that they blitz the most on first down so yeah. what they try and do is they try and get a negative play and then find a way to kind of hold on, on which they down. are they are ninth overall in blitz percentage for yeah. all downs they they yeah. blitz a lot yep yeah, they blitz a lot but pri- primarily on first down. Yeah, and even blitz. even with all that blitzing, Brian, they're bottom ten in the NFL in pressure rate. It's Here's amazing. another thing that's that's interesting about this team. You know what? Uh, this defense is number one in the NFL, in Brian. What are it's they? A bad one? metric to be oh, number one. No, in. no, 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 no. They're number two. 
Well, they've given up. Uh, they've given up 15 rushing touchdowns. They're number well, two. There is that. That's not what I was going to say. The Giants it's, it's, are number one. Giants give up 16 rushing touchdowns. Carolina's given up 15 touchdowns. Missed tackles. They have more missed tackles than any defense in the NFL, Brian. But it is funny. You watch them. They don't generate a lot of pressure. But it's not like I don't see them just getting gashed in the passing game. It's not. It's, it's not like they're giving the up zone. a bunch downfield. It's yeah, zone. It's, it's all underneath. And and I mean they. They they are not they have not been awful in the secondary even with some injuries J C Horn getting hurt yeah. you know they they've been out they, since week one yeah J C Horn was out since week one they're re, they were really thin at corner this past week they had uh, they had Troy Hill Dante Jackson uh, I think they had like three healthy corners essentially but I gotta say Dante Jackson has been he's not bad Dante was Jackson it, had is, a good game against Chicago he's played well it's the it's a kid's name Boodle is that his yeah. name yep. Boodle has been a player for them too. Yeah. So I, I was making sure I somebody they it. weren't it was somebody they weren't yeah. anticipating leaning on somebody no. that they had to street a little bit. Free a guy, street free agent is is playing playing meaningful snaps for them. Yeah, but I, I kind of feel like though to me when you watch when you watch these guys play like when you watch uh, when you watch Henderson play, you know I think he's played the third most cover snaps that these guys have had. Uh, quarterback rating of like a 115. Uh, mm-hmm. You talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the other quarterback, Jackson, mm-hmm. most cover snaps. He's qu- quarterback rating of a 119 against him. And I think that that was a lot it's of stuff weird. earlier in the year because the last couple weeks, what you see on okay. tape, I don't think ja- Jackson's been good. Yeah. Jackson was good against Chicago, I thought. Right. Um, and, he, and he's somebody who – you know, it, they're in this zone a lot. They're going to keep things in front of them. They, they can't stop the run. And, and it's no. partially because they can't tackle. No. Um, but, man, it's it, this adds up to what feels like a recipe for disaster to care, for Carolina when you say, well, your defense can't stop the run. You blitz a bunch, and you still can't get, get pressure. pressure. Yeah. That, that would you would seem think to lend itself to you are going to be able to just take advantage of this secondary. And a lot of teams haven't been able to just, you know, throw the ball deep downfield. So, Brian, what do you think the mode of attack is for the Cowboys? Do you think this is one where they go, hey, let's uh, let's try and get Dowdle and Pollard going. Let's see if we can make this work. I think you're going to see I think you're going to see Dowdle and Pollard both. Yeah. And I think they're and I, I mentioned the misdirections, the counters. I, I think there's some things that, you know, Dallas is not afraid to pull offensive linemen and try and create some op, uh, opportunities. But they 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 need to kind of figure out, you know, three or four running plays that they can hang their hat on. And that's why I wouldn't be opposed to starting Rico Dowdle in this game. Just, just you know, go ahead and let, let Rico have some success. Let the line feel a little bit better. Okay, we could block this up. Maybe this is something. And then bring Pollard in, you know, and let Pollard then let Pollard not. I think there's something to Pollard being the primary back right now that's got him freaked out, mm-hmm. you know. I just don't feel like he's seeing the holes. As, and they're not a lot of holes. It's not all him. But there's times where they block some things up, and he just hasn't been able to get to and through the hole. He's clearly a different looking player. We had Brian Baldinger on the radio on Wednesday, and you know he's like he even said that. And and Baldy watches the tape every week. He's like he's clearly not the same player. So you know, and, and we all know that. But maybe in and maybe that maybe the thing about it is, if you start Rico, you have some success. You beat them up a little bit up front. You know, you, you kind of find a way to – it'd be a nice game if you could find a way to build a little bit of a lead and just – because it seems like teams are building leads and just running the ball on these guys, trying to get Which, out of games, you know? So I, I, 
I think it's interesting you say, you know, maybe bully them a little bit. That was one of the things that stood out to me watching their defense was this does look like a defense that you can push around. They, yeah. they don't like physicality. No. This feels like a defense that, you know, when we've talked before about Dallas not able to handle San Francisco's physicality or a few years ago when we said Dallas was just super finesse on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. And if you punched them in the mouth, they had trouble. This Carolina team, it feels like on defense, just does not want to play in the mud. Like right. they, they don't want it to be a brawl. They, they would prefer if things were a little bit more finesse, and that would allow them to, well, I, I think, compete a little bit. Brian better. Burns, people have run the ball at him. It's when it's when the ball's gone away where he could chase it. That's where mm-hmm. I think he's really good. Yeah. No, I, I think that's the thing. And he can take advantage of his athleticism. Yeah, right. Running at Brian Burns has been a recipe for success yeah. you know, for a while now. But when we look at this game here, Brian, uh, before we get over to the mailbag, uh, what is your pick for this game? What do you expect from the Why Cowboys? Why don't you go first? I, haven't, I, I totally forgot I had to pick this game. But go oh, ahead. my you, gosh. You what gotta, what you are you get, doing here, Brian? I know. I'm going to write a score down. The first thing that comes to my mind, I'm going to write All down. right. Okay. All right. But so here's ahead. what I think is going to happen. I, I think that this is going to be a game where the Cowboys try to establish the run a little bit. Um, and, and similar approach to what we had talked about last week, where when you try to run the ball against them, if you find it's not working early, if you're not able to do it, then just move away from it. Uh, let Dak have success against the zone defense. Let Dak have success against, you know, these uh, these extra rushers uh, that he's, he's so good at identifying and picking apart. Dak has played really well in recent weeks. I'm going to say the Cowboys win this one, Brian, 31 to 14. We'll give it 31-14 Cowboys over the Panthers. I wrote down on my little card here that I had, I wrote Dallas 26, Carolina 13 is what I wrote. More red zone issues for the Cowboys. You don't think they're able to? You think they're going to kick like eight field goals? Or I think whatever this is. Not I think. Eight, I think. Like four. I think that maybe Carolina will find a way to get a stop or two. You know, and all okay. of a sudden it'll turn into uh, it'll turn into Aubrey knocking a couple of them home. Sure. My. I mean, I. I I'm not going to call total red zone failure, but maybe there'll be one or two where they get stopped and they have to kick a field goal. Cowboys, for all the things that uh, they've had success with in recent weeks, they are still, Brian, one of the worst teams in the NFL in goal-to-go situations. That is so. that is a problem. Either either find a way to hand the ball to Rico Dattle or find a way to hand the ball to, to uh, Hunter Lipke. Uh, that, that's my suggestion right there. You are listening to – get out. Of, by the way, real quick, I'm sorry, before you say get out of the, 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 the love of the star here. Uh, it, to me, shotgun, four, four times in shotgun is another thing that I'm – that drives me absolutely nuts, by the way. Like you're down on the goal line and you're in shotgun four plays in a row. I, please don't do that anymore. Come please on, Brian. Don't. We please. all love the shotgun. Not, not, on the, not on the two-yard line, I don't. Absolutely not. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, first question, question here from Sal, uh, one of the guys who I know. Sal's is, a good uh, dude. I like Sal him on Twitter. Listens all the time. Thank so you, we, Sal. We, we, we appreciate Sal. We appreciate Sal, I like, And I like your Twitter questions too, Sal. You do a great job. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. And here's, a, here's another good one. What's your opinion on why the Cowboys are so dominant at home and rather mid hmm. on the road? This used to be a question everybody would ask solely about Amari Cooper. Now it has become a question that you ask about the Cowboys themselves. They they've had their struggles on grass in recent years. Um, you know, they're they they don't seem to play. Obviously, the offense doesn't seem to click as well on the road. That historically across the history of the NFL, offenses a lot of times do struggle more on the road because you deal with the you know crowd noise and things like that. It's it's harder to to find your rhythm. So defense definitely gets a boost typically at home. But Brian, what is it 
about the way this team's built? Do you think they just play faster on, on the AT&T turf? Do you think they're just they're not built for the grass? What is it that you think is is the difference here? Is, has AT&T Stadium just become that much of a home advantage? I think it's really become a home field advantage. I really do. They, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I want to say something like, you know, you look at, they, they do a great job at home creating turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, they do a great job of, you know, it, interceptions and things like that. They, they, it seems like their defense plays with more speed at home. Um, they, they find a way offensively. They make huge plays at home. I mean, those, and I know the Giants are the Giants, and we've talked about that. But even before the Giants, the, the Jets, uh, the Rams, huge chunk plays at home. You know, yep. big, massive plays. And I don't think they've always had that. You know, they had a, the chunk play in Los Angeles against the Chargers where Dak was scrambling and he flips the ball to Pollard yep. and Pollard's running up the field. But we haven't seen like those massive, and I'm probably forgetting one or two on the on the road that they had. But it's it just seems like to me that offensively, they they when they either they get they win the toss get the ball or they get you know or they play defense and they get the ball they're always that first drive it feels like that they're kind of you know at home they're really on the screws and ready to go it's seven nothing right off the jump or you know they get points on that first drive yeah but and I wonder road, how much on the road I just think they don't make the chunk plays you know and they don't turn people over on the road I. I think i'm right about that yeah and i i wonder how much of it just has begun to get into their head a little bit at all yeah if there's any psychological component to you know well we're just not as good at home. like well, i know there, used there was to be a, a time with, there used to be a time where in the jason garrett administration where they're really good on the road and bad at home yeah and yeah, i mean the the amari yeah. cooper the amari cooper effect i know for a fact like that became a real thing that people thought was is psychologically just in his head a little bit was that home he produced road he did like and that had become something that he was dealing with so maybe that's something that affects the team now now this was a team that had a lot of success against philadelphia on the road recently they they had some success Just on offense against the chargers yeah, yeah they, but they had a chance to get basically they had three fumbles in the eagles game and didn't get any of them where they're yeah they've played they've at had home some really they've had really bad luck with fumbles this season yeah, they are but, not recovering a lot of the loose no balls. but they had a chance yeah, a chance to get turnovers right there that could have maybe turned the game around. But yeah, it, it's just I just kind of feel like that maybe it has to do with the opponent you're playing on the road as opposed to uh, who you're playing at home. But I kind of feel like that they're uh, they're the way they turn people over and the pressure they get is a little bit different at home than it is on the road. Next question here from Anthony Villanueva. Between Mozzie Smith and Luke Schoonmaker, who will finish the season the strongest and why? And I assume they mean strongest, not like physically, because that would be Mozzie Smith, obviously. But in terms of who are we going to feel the best about their their arrow pointing up? Uh, Brian, for me, I think right now this is obvious. It's Mozzie Smith because Mozzie Smith, I feel like his arrow is pointing up. And right now we're, we're a little frustrated with what Luke Schoonmaker's doing. Yeah, I said this on the break, and I think I said it yesterday. I can't remember all the platforms I'm on when I talk, but... Uh, flex. Yeah, no, I just, it's it bills to pay. Uh, the, <laughs> the thing, the thing that, um, and I, I was on the break today with Derek and, and Ambar. And I, I said this, I really apologize to the fans out there that follow us on the draft show and stuff like that. I really believe that Luke Schoonmaker was going to be a plug and play player this year. Mm-hmm. I really thought his blocking would be good enough to where he would, he would get in there and you could run the ball behind him, and they were going to be effective and all that. Yep. He is right now. He is a he is a 
He's an average blocker. He tries, yeah. he's, but he doesn't get the movement or the sustain that he got in college. And I thought he was going to be plug and play and ready to go. And I apologize to everybody out there. I'm not saying do you, he's do you, a. Do you think we have Schultz effect here? Because you remember Schultz, Schultz, I do. On ta- I, Schultz on I tape at Stanford. I hope. Stan- Schultz on tape at Stanford was a good blocker. And he came out of a David Shaw system that was about blocking tight ends. And Physical. then you remember he gets to the NFL and people are like, why doesn't this guy block? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if if there's something to that. Because it's the same thing Schultz did. Came from a yeah. blocking scheme, was considered a good blocker in college, then gets to the NFL and everybody's like, he I can't hope that's do it. A, I hope same that's with the case. Maker. I hope that's the case. Because right now, uh, you know, having Hendershot coming back potentially, I think is a good thing. Uh, having Ferguson, good thing. They, they need something out of Luke Schoonmaker. And the drops have hurt me. I mean, I, I think he's a better receiver than that, what he's shown this year. Yeah. Uh, but Mozzie Smith, to me, Mozzie Smith's numbers are never going to be great. But Mozzie Smith's starting to figure it out. He's starting to figure out if, if he's the last one off the ball, he's probably going to get blocked. If mm-hmm. he's one of the first ones off the ball, he's got a good chance to kind of to, to, to have a, a, a positive rep, run or pass. So I, I think that Mozzie's probably the guy right now that's probably arrow going up where Luke Schoonmaker is probably going to need an offseason, getting stronger, kind of realizing where, uh, where he's at and then go from there. Yeah, and and Mozzie, like you mentioned there, he's never going to fill up the statue just as a function no. of what he did. Um, we, we talked about this before the season. The way you are going to see Mozzie Smith's impact, you, you will notice him when he's playing poorly because you'll see him get gashed and somebody will run up the middle. When you want to know how is Mozzie Smith playing, if he's on the field a lot, then your answer is going to come, were you impressed by the linebackers? Right. Were the linebackers making plays? Because if the linebackers are able to run free, if Marquise Bell is able to run free and make a play, Damone Clark's able to run free and make a play, that's usually Mozzie Smith's doing his job. That's how you're going to be able to see it is in the impact of what the linebackers do, uh, in all honesty. Next one here from uh, TGM. And Brian, I know you have not dove into the tape yet, but you're a college football fan, and and I am as well. So so we've uh, we've you know got a little bit of awareness of these guys. What current college player do you think would help the Cowboys more this season? So right now, if you could take one of these guys and just drop them on the roster, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers, or one of these tackles like Joe Alt. Wow. I can't say Jeremiah Trotter Jr. from uh, I mean, Clemson's linebacker. You I, could. Think, I, I think he would absolutely help. Um, Alt to tackle, Notre Dame, and then you said uh, – Brock Mar- Bowers. Marvin Harrison, Brock Bowers, or you could throw the, the, the Penn State tackle in there too. A lot of people think the Penn State tackle is the best one, and I can't pronounce his name. It yeah. hasn't gotten to draft season yet for me yeah. to feel comfortable with that. Honestly, you could throw one of those tackles at a right tackle. You might be playing a little bit better right now. But yeah. I, I do think I think Bowers, Bowers, Bowers would be really, really good. He he's really he beat Auburn by himself. Yeah. Brock Bowers is a hell of a player and, and has been for a long time. I mean, the minute that he showed up at Matt, Georgia, you, listen that you let you let Jason Garrett slip out there right there. You just said right. Brock Bowers is a hell of a player and he has he been, has for, been a for a long time. time. Look sure at that! Did. I sure <laughs> did. I sure did. Jason's never too happy with me, uh, but I, I think to me, man, it, having one of those tackles would be would be great. But I mean, and I, I've seen Alt. I've seen Alt have some good days. And I've seen Alt kind of struggle a little bit, but that's offensive line play. Sure, you know that's an offensive line play. But man, I I'd have I, to, I never I never had the to, idea of a Notre you, Dame you, offensive lineman. You'd have to squib. What about Zach Martin? 
No, I'm saying I never hate. I don't hate. Oh, I never, you don't I will hate never, him. God, I think I'll never didn't. hate. To, yeah, okay. no. It, to me, it's like uh, it, it's like Alabama receivers. Notre yeah. Dame offensive linemen. I'll yeah. trust that they'll probably be decent. There you go. There you go. So I, that's the way to look at it. I will say, yeah, I will say definitely that uh, I would take. I would take Brock Bowers. I mean, he is such a God. He's such a weapon. He's throwing the ball. He's up the field. He's he. I mean, he like he takes the ball and runs like 40, 50 yards with it. I mean, it's crazy yeah. to watch him play. He, he's he's very very impressive. Yeah. He will be a guy that probably goes in but the top ten. Jeremiah Jeremiah Trotter Jr. though linebacker. You know, if you no bias, no, no bias yeah, there, no bias at all, no bias. <laughs> Last one here from Russell Mabin. Uh, why were three lesser defenses, at least two, able to hold San Francisco to 17 points, but we got bullied for 42? What did they do to slow down the 49ers offense? Do we have the personnel to pull off what they did? I now, watched, this is interesting, I know, yeah. because you saw how the Browns did it. You the saw Browns, how the Browns slowed yeah, them down. Yeah. So this is a question made for you. But I will say, Brian, we will continue to repeat this. Uh, the 49ers are the Everest to the Cowboys. That's just where they're at with this team. There's a big psychological thing there that is also going to impact things regardless of your personnel and your scheme. Like there's just a, there's a psychological impact here that you have to worry about. But Cleveland, what did they do to San Francisco? Cleveland did something. Their pass rush was outstanding, by the way. Cleveland's pass rush is really, really good. And I, and I, you know, and I I will say this, uh, they did something that was, uh, when you watch how they played the secondary we all know how San Francisco runs those crossers, right? Those yep. deep, the deep end cuts and stuff like that. Like the Browns showed like a two deep and Jim Swartz is a DC there. I mean, old crusty guy, my age, but man, I mean, he learned his lessons through the years. So he's playing too deep and all of a sudden the snap of the ball, he drives the safety off one hash down to the middle of the field and then takes the other safety and puts it behind. So now he's got pass rush linebackers. He's got what we call a robber, which is the safety in the middle of the field. Yep. And then he's got another safety deep to kind of take anything that goes vertically. So if they're running Brandon Ayuk on the crossing route and then trying to get Samuel up the field or anybody else or Kittle, they've got somebody to carry Kittle or or Debo up the field. And then as Ayuk's coming across – You've got somebody that's right there to. So what happened is uh, Brock Purdy drops back. He, okay, pass rush. He's looking, looking. Oh wait a minute, linebackers, robber, and another guy behind. So on three different levels, they had they took care of the 49er crossers. Is what they did. And whether the Cowboys are able to do that or not, Brian, uh, would depend wholly on how disciplined are your safeties playing. It sounds like. Well, I, I mean, if you, yeah. if you if you've got Malik's if you got Malik Hooker and he's not able to play that robber effectively, or he's getting you know turned around or just not aware of the Wanye way he needs Thomas. to be. This is a Wanye yeah. Thomas deal because if you're going to play one of the, if you're going to play the safeties like cursing those guys down or down in that box area, put Wanye Thomas who knows something about coverage and can look up guys. You know, but but that's what that's what Jim Schwartz did. I mean, there was some like third down situations where cover two, cover two, cover two, robber. You know, they dro- they drove the robber to the middle of the field, and that completely took away what San Francisco was doing, throwing the football across the field. Really good design. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. We have the Cowboys and the Panthers this weekend. Then it will be a uh, short week before Thanksgiving with Washington. We'll still bring you guys three episodes next week as well. We'll be on top of it. We'll have one Monday yeah. morning for you yeah, uh, reacting to Cowboys-Panthers. Yeah, that's what I was looking for uh, after the uh, after this game. The fact it's an 
early game. Uh, it's a one o'clock game on the East Coast, but uh, noon for us here back in Dallas. So post game, we'll have some comments, and that will be up Monday morning for you. So we'll we'll be there for you guys, like yep. we always are. For Brian Broadus, I'm Bobby Belts. We will talk to you guys again later.